This podcast contains spoilers, explicit language, and is not meant for anyone younger than 13. Do not harass any of the names mentioned in this episode. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to John vs. Film, and for the final episode of Batman Month, or The Dark March, uh, I guess that's what I'm going to call it for the final episode, The Dark March, uh, we are going to be taking a look at Batman Under the Red Hood, a 2010 direct-to-video movie that was directed by Brandon Vietti and written by Judd Winnick. And we also have some other writing credits with Bob Kane, which for legal reasons is the creator of Batman. And we actually have some uncredited writing credits on IMDb to Bill Finger, Doug Monk. Uh, I, I hope that's how you pronounce it, Doug Monk. Sorry, I'm I'm a butcher of names. As this podcast has proven. <laughs> we also have Judd Winnick, Marv Wolfman, George Perez, Lou Schwartz, Jim Starlin, uh, Jim Aparo, and Winslow Mortimer. And I just realized I said Judd Winnick's name twice, and that's because in the writing credits, he has the his written by credit, and he has the uncredited you know, story of Batman Under the Red Hood, as, you know, being uncredited for that. So, yeah. <laughs> what to say about this movie? Well, first of all, I wanted to say that for the final episode of Dark March, in case you didn't watch last week's episode, I mentioned how I was uh, on a toss of what film I want to do for the last month of Batman month and I considered doing the Batman versus Dracula instead mainly because that had the words the and Batman next to each other and with a movie called the Batman coming out in theaters or has already been in theaters that would have been a great way to you know engage you know people be like kind of cheese the algorithm a little bit with the words the and Batman but I decided against that and went with my initial gut, you know, choice, which was Batman Under the Red Hood. I will probably talk about Batman versus Dracula in another episode in the future, but not in this case. You know, I, the reason I chose Batman Under the Red Hood is because I feel it's one of the few Batman movies that really get to under. Bruce's, you know, character and dissect, you know, the character of Bruce and and Batman and all that, you know, really kind of goes into it. And that's what and I feel like tonally and what the movie aims to do. It's in some ways similar to what the Batman's goals, you know, the movie The Batman, you know, what it plans on doing other than the whole this is a younger Bruce because that's not 
Batman Under the Red Hood. Batman Under the Red Hood takes place when Bruce has a lot of experience already and has already had two Robins under his belt. But, yeah, so... And also, Batman Under the Red Hood, spoiler alert, it's a really damn good movie. Even for only an hour and 15 minutes, it, it is really good. But, yeah, so anyway, for those who are new to the podcast, what I do on this podcast is I talk about five things I like, and then I go into five things I dislike or criticisms. And for this movie, these dislikes and criticisms are very much nitpicks. It was legitimately hard to try to come up with anything I dis I remotely disliked about this movie. I, I really like this movie, if you couldn't tell already. <laughs> but, yeah, and also, just as a heads up, I am recording this before the Batman is even out in theaters, so I don't know what <laughs> the Batman is actually going to be like, but I- I'm just kind of going based on uh, the promotional materials and stuff, the trailers and all that cool, cool stuff. But, yeah. So, right now, let's get into it with the first thing I like about Batman Under the Red Hood. And the first thing is I think the casting here was phenomenal. You know, like, absolutely terrific. And huge shout-outs to the main three actors, you know, the main main three cast, which is, you know, Bruce Greenwood as Batman, Jensen Jensen Ackles as Jason Todd, and John DiMaggio as the Joker. And a little side tangent, I'm just going to say this outright. I am fully supportive of John DiMaggio when it comes to the Futurama revival stuff. By the time this episode comes out, this is old news. This is really old news, but by the time I'm recording it, it's still pretty recently recent. And maybe things change when, you know, the when this episode comes out, which I hope because I'm just going to say right now, I'm not watching the Futurama revival without John DiMaggio. It's just, if you're not willing to pay Bender what he's owed, you there's no point of having the revival. That You're done if you can't pay your actors right. You know, So yeah, I'm fully supportive of John DiMaggio, and hopefully by the time this episode comes up, the studio decides to actually pay the actors what they deserve, but we'll see how that goes. But anyway... We're done talking about Futurama. This isn't John versus Futurama. No, this is John versus Batman. And I'm going to talk about Batman. Again. <laughs> so, yeah. Bruce Greenwood is like... So, yeah. Well, let us start, let's start with Batman. I felt like Bruce Greenwood did an excellent job as this kind of experienced Bruce Wayne. You know, not to the extent of, you know... Old Man Bruce we see in, like, Dark Knight Returns or Batman Beyond. But, you know, someone who's, you know, has seen a lot of stuff and, again, has had two Robins under his belt. He does a phenomenal job 
as that Batman and actually shows a lot of range of emotions as Batman, which is always great, you know. Truly good stuff. You know, uh, and I just love the scenes, you know, that he is. He does such a great delivery as this Batman. And he's probably one of my favorite voices uh, for Batman, if I'm going to be honest, just from this movie alone. You know, he's up there with Kevin Conroy. He does not quite beat Kevin Conroy, but he's up there. He's in the top five. And then next, let's talk about Jensen Ackles as Jason Todd, a.k.a. Red Hood. And also, by the way, spoilers, but you know that. There's a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. If you're going to complain about spoilers, uh, sorry. I've said that several times. <laughs> but yeah, sorry for the very annoying annoying laugh I, I realized that was annoying but yeah jensen ackles does a really great job as jason todd red hood you know there, there's just something about him that really captures you know this rageful you know vigilante but also you know is very you know humorous as well you know a little bit like he has a some good one-liners. But yeah, again, you we get he does a good job of portraying you know, a very troubled individual, one who has been broken and is on his own mission. Oh, and yeah, his scenes that he shares with Bruce Greenwood's Batman are really great. You know, I when I think of Jason Todd as Red Hood, you know, I imagine it as Jensen Ackles' voice. I can't really see anyone else playing as Jason Todd. But then again, it might be because we don't really have that many actors portraying as Jason Todd in other media. But, and, you know, the final actor I really want to talk about is John DiMaggio, which I already mentioned before with the Futurama thing. But his Joker is really great. Like, he's... I think he's my f second favorite voice actor is Joker. Uh, top five actors who played Joker overall, I think. You know, he's Mark Hamill is obvious. Like he, Mark Hamill is the voice of Joker. There's no taking away from that. But John DiMaggio does a really fantastic job as Joker. Like he manages to capture both the comedic and psychotic and terrifying side of Joker at the same time, somewhat similar to Mark Hamill's, you know, the portrayal of the character, but it's also very distinct from, you know, Mark Hamill's Joker. You know, it's, you know, even though they both are pretty similar, you know, in their portrayals, they are also very different. You know, they kind of do it, differently but yeah there's just something that John DiMaggio does something like really good with how he's able to blend the comedic and a very terrifying like you know when he's it's kind of hard to explain you know um like I if I were to say something Mark Hamill, you know, he can do, like, a really good job switching Joker's emotions, like, on the bat, you know, 
from like anger to being very comedic, you know, being very silly, and then go into terrifying. But with John DiMaggio, he blends them together, the comedic and scary part of Joker, you know, in one portrayal. So when he's making a joke, it's funny but terrifying at the same time. It Again, it's hard to explain, but that's how I view it as you know, his performance. And I will talk about more of their performance later on because I spoiler to the last thing, you know, point I like is, you know, is just that this movie's full of great scenes. But yeah, so to wrap up the actors, you know, I think everyone else did a fine job. You know, Neil Patrick Harris as Dick Grayson slash Nightwing, uh, Wade Williams is Black Mask. So yeah, overall, it is a very good cast of actors. You know, they did a really great job, you know, casting. Very excellent job. So, the second thing I like is that the story of this movie is really good. And it's a very tragic story. Of, you know, Batman having to fight his adopted son, essentially, who he thought he lost, you know, who he thought died. Like, this movie is one of, is a pretty tragic story for Bruce, because again, it deals with a lot of, you know, of Batman's guilt that he has over the death of Jason Todd. And then when Jason Todd comes back, it's... And he has to fight him, you know, because Jason Todd is a dangerous vigilante that's killing people. It It's really good. You know, good stuff, but in like a very tragic way. So you don't go into this movie expecting a good time now. I mean, there's some fun moments, don't get me wrong. But yeah, it's just there's this overset, you know, this sense of tragedy to it all. Like, you really don't want the Batman and Red Hood to fight because they are essentially father and son. And it's just circumstances that brought them to where they are now. The writing here is very strong. And, like, again, I will mention more about this stuff when I talk about, you know, the scene. Like the some of the scenes in the movie because this movie's just you know full of fantastic scenes that stand on their own. Uh, but yeah, you know, like, uh, and it's just it does so good of telling a story about you know a vigilante. That's killing criminals on the street, you know, taking up the mantle of Joker's old persona, the Red Hood, and how everything ties back to Batman and his history and his regrets. It's one of the few Batman movies that really delves deep into Batman's overall character. And speaking of that, the third note that I mentioned of what I like is Jason as the Red Hood. He is an amazing antagonist for Batman who really gets to dissect 
Batman's morals, his code, his past, you know, history, like I've mentioned before. And also how there's, you know, a sense of mystery to Red Hood's identity. You know, I will say, you know, pretty early on they reveal, they managed to reveal that Jason is the Red Hood, but they also have to go into the mystery. Okay, wait, Jason died. How is he back? What is going on? You know, and this creates, you know, Jason as the antagonist creates some really good drama for the Bat family and for Batman specifically. No, because the thing with Red Hood in this movie is that he manages, you know, he's, you know, what Batman would be if he crossed the line and started killing criminals. And you kind of, you can see where Jason's coming from, though, you know, and that's what also makes him a very intriguing antagonist, you know. You see that what he's doing is not just revenge, but he has his own goal of how he, you know, how he wants to tackle the mission in which he believes that there is no getting rid of crime, but there is a way to control it. So, like, Batman's goal is to get rid of crime. While Jason's like goal is to control it, so it's not as bad because he Jason thoroughly believes you can't stop crime, you can't get rid of it. So the best thing to do is to control it, and you see that throughout the movie because you know he is killing all these villains, but he takes over you know some drug lords, but he tells them you know it's like, look, you'll get a bigger profit, you know, if you work for me. However. You will not deal to children. That is a no-go. If you do that, I will kill you. No, it's just... And it also makes much more sense when you look at Jason and Batman slash Bruce Wayne as characters, you know, from their upbringings. Because, you know, Bruce was raised as, you know, he was a billionaire's kid. You know, he was raised in a very wealthy family, you know. So he came from a more, I guess, naive and innocent standpoint when he was kid. Meanwhile, Jason, and this is, you know, displayed in flashback scenes in the film of how Bruce met Jason. And Bruce, you know, mentions, you know, he's talking to Alfred how dangerous, you know, Jason is, and that's why he took him under as, you know, Red Hood, but the thing with Jason is that he grew up in the streets of Gotham. You know, he was known, you know, experienced to crime very early on in his life, before he met Batman. I mean, in this movie, they showed that how Jason met, you know, Batman was that Jason was literally taking the tires off the Batmobile, which... That is some balls, especially for a kid. So, Kid Jason got some balls. So, there was, you know, already this primal, you know, rage and anger Jason had before, you know, he met Bruce. You know, something very dangerous about, you know, Bruce. And it's kind of funny, though. 
is that Bruce, you know, like Bruce pretty much kind of gave the goal of, like, or had a similar ideal, you know, to Jason when it comes to control because for Bruce, you know, he was like, no, he wanted to help Jason control, you know, that thing. He wanted to keep that danger that Jason had under control because guess what? Jason becomes the Red Hood in this movie, so Batman, you know, sort of was right, you know, that saying Jason is dangerous and, you know, but he could use that, you know, for good. And Jason, you know, is kind of doing the same thing with a lot of the criminal organizations, you know, trying to control them and get crime under control. So, and yeah, you know, we get to see the differences of, you know, what happens, you know, Batman kills, essentially. Jason is sort of, you know, the Batman who kills. I mean, he's like, he's been trained by the best, Batman. You know, so he's using what he's learned from Batman, but has added a gun. So, there's that. Uh, on the fourth point I like to mention of what I like it is the action. It does a really great job in it also pushes the boundaries of the PG-13 rating because this one is a very brutal, violent movie, and it's well animated and well choreographed. You, know, you really get a sense of where everything is at. You get some really cool dynamic motion, like when the big muscle member of the fearsome Hand of Four throws a car at Batman. You know. We get to see how Batman, you know, dodges it, but he doesn't really dodge it. What he does is he goes through the car, you know, out from the top of it, you know, and lands. I believe it was like, you know, a kick to the guy's face, you know, head or something. I don't, I will admit right now, it was a couple of days since I've seen the movie and wrote the notes, so my memory isn't as clear, so. I, I'm probably going to get the details messed up, but even then, you know, the, you know, the scene between Batman fighting Jason in bathroom, that's another standout action scene. And also, yeah, it doesn't shy away from being very violent. You know, we get some pretty pretty gruesome deaths you know of course they kind of hide it off screen a little you know so it's not as you know gory and it's nothing you'll see in like mortal Kombat, i guess but it is you know still like a guy's head explodes uh you know and all that it's just yeah i really love the balls in this movie and then of course the final thing is that is actually kind of a cheat because it's actually a list of scenes that I want to talk about because this movie has a ton of great scenes. I've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, eight scenes I would, I put on notes because they are very amazing. So first of all, the opening scene to this movie, the opening hook, that was really good. That is a retelling of death and the family of when Jason Todd dies. And, that's like kind of this like little mini story in this movie of Batman trying to get to Jason Todd in time. 
And it's just so well, you know, set up, well made. You know, we get to see Joker torturing Jason, beating him up with a crowbar. And we also get that really iconic line from the Joker. You know, where he tells, you know, Robin, you know, oh, by the way, tell the big man I said, hello. And then he leaves, you know, that that's just very haunting and stuff. And then we get to really feel the tragedy of when Batman doesn't make it in time and he fails to save Robin and Robin dies. That's a really good scene. Uh, the next scene I want to talk about is that when Batman and Nightwing have encountered Red Hood, you know, they go to the Joker because Joker obviously has a history of being the Red Hood, you know, and that's a great interrogation scene because we see Joker really pushing Batman's buttons to the point Nightwing got worried Batman was going to kill the Joker. And that's a thing to mention because I'm I'm going to talk about the most iconic scene from this movie, you know, in a moment, you know. But I'm probably going to save that for last because it is probably the best scene. So, yeah, because I forgot what Joker said again. You know, I'm sorry I'm not recording this right after I saw the movie. Just life things happen. But yeah, you know, we saw, you know, Batman pick up Joker in Arkham and is holding Joker by the neck, pretty much to the point of strangling, and Joker is egging him on. It, it is, that's the dynamic of Batman and Joker right there, is that if Batman were to ever kill Joker, Joker wins. You know, that, that's the thing right there. Is that's just like a great scene, you know, to show the interaction between Batman and Joker and how much Batman really hates Joker. Uh next scene I want to talk about it is I'm gonna say, yeah, when Batman figures out, you know, Red Hood is Jason Todd and it follows directly into flashback scenes as Jason as Red Hood as Robin I mean <laughs> you know it's just because you know it is set up very well you know with Bruce analyzing recording he had, he made of you know of uh, when Rob, Red Hood escaped Batman and I bring at the train station as the train's passing by you know Uh, I think Jason said some, you know, I see you haven't changed a bit. And then that last part gets cut off by the train. So Bruce is analyzing it, you know, trying to get rid of the train noise. And when he's able to isolate Jason's noise, he's not saying Batman. He's saying Bruce. And he puts all the clues together of, you know, Jason's, you know, Red Hood's skill, you know, of how he's able to cut Batman's grapple wire and all that. And he puts two and two together and he looks at 
Jason's Robin costume, and then he has the flashback scenes of Jason as Robin, and we get to see two moments of Jason as Robin. You know, when Jason was very younger and first start, like within the years of first starting out, and then near the end of his time as Robin as well. And by the way, th- this one has Riddler. You know, so hey, it maybe it is a good thing I talked about this movie because it has the Riddler. So yay, you know. The Batman has the Riddler. This movie has the Riddler. It totally makes sense why I talk about this movie. You know, for the Batman's, you know, release and all that. You know, so I am justified. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, we get to see that Robin. But I also love how it transitions to... Like, I love it when... So, when we see, you know, Kid Robin, Jason Todd fighting... Riddler and stuff. There is, you know, that sense of campy silliness in that scene, you know, where we kind of get a sense that Riddler and his goons, they're the more cartoonish, made for kids type of villain, you know, that you would see in, I guess, the Adam West Batman and later episodes of Batman the Animated Series. But then it transitions to when Jason Todd is like an older, you know, he's like, Probably is like late teens, I would imagine, or somewhere somewhere around there, and we get to see more of real life, you know, gangsters and all that, you know, gang members, criminals, and all that, and how Jason was being uber violent, you know, and then it leads to Bruce, you know, yelling at Jason, punch. Not punishing, but telling him that, like, yo, you went too far. We needed that guy. You broke his collarbone. Like, pretty much saying, like, yeah, whoa, dude. Too far. And if you're saying... And if Batman, the guy who's known for being very tough on criminals, is telling you, hey, that was too far, you probably went a bit too far. So, that was a great scene as well. And then there's the fight with the fearsome hand of four. I think that was a great scene because it serves as, you know, one, a great action scene for the movie. And two, it's Batman and red hood working together. And it's after Batman discovered Jason is red hood. You know, we get to see some dynamic and while in an earlier scene, you know, we saw you know, Red Hood evading, you know, Batman and somewhat fighting Batman and Nightwing, you know, and all that, you know, and even like sets up a bomb and stuff, you know, so, and if you like were to isolate that scene, you would think that, okay, maybe Jason has some resentfulness over Bruce, you know, for leaving him behind, but what I love is that this scene also sets up to the iconic scene of the movie, you know, like the Batman Nightwing interrogating Joker did, is that you kind of get more sense of what Jason really feels about Batman, that he really doesn't hold anything against Bruce, you know, for leaving him behind because, or at least he still cares for Bruce and Batman because what happens is that again 
minutes. Apologies for not recording this right after I saw the movie or the day after I saw the movie. But all I know is that Batman was going to get hit by one of the here, you know, fearsome hand of four, one of the assassins. But Jason actually gets in the way, you know, and takes the hit for Bruce. You know, he, he tells Batman to look out. So you, from that moment right there, you get a sense of that Red Hood slash Jason still cares for Bruce. He still cares for Batman. You know, and that really sets up to some great moments. You know, uh, and before I talk about, and also... I want to just quickly mention a moment. I love, you know, Alfred's response to finding out, you know, Jason is Red Hood and all that. I thought, I thought that was great, but that wasn't one of the scenes ever done. So, all right, let's see. Done. To... All right. So the next scene I want to talk about is the glass of water scene. And what's that scene is, it's just a little, quick scene that demonstrate I, I think it's just a really great joker moment because what's happened is that red hood has pushed black mask to the point of recruiting the joker so black mask is talking to the joker and joker's selling arkham asking you know asking him to kill red hood and Joker is just sitting there unamused, eating chips, and then after Black Mask gets done talking, Joker asks for a glass of water. So what he does is that he smashes the glass, he kills one of you know Black Mask's uh, bodyguards, and then takes that bodyguard's gun and shoots the other three in the room. And then he laughs, you know, and then he says, uh, "Okay, so I'm gonna need some guys." Well. Not these guys. These guys are dead. You know, something along those lines. It shows you the sick humor of Joker, and it's just a very iconic Joker moment. Uh, then I want to, and also I am going. I'm trying to go in chronological order with these scenes. Uh, I'm on the last three, so. All right. So then we get Jason's payback on Joker. You know, when he gets to, when he cap reveals that Jason's goal, while yes, he was, you know, trying to get crime under control, his motivation was, like, his plan was to get Joker's audience. You know, and he tells Joker, yeah, this, you know, Joker's like, wait, so you set this saying all up, you know, and Jason's like, oh yeah, you know, I've had plenty of plans you know to try to go through but the main one was definitely try to get black mask to the point of breaking you out so i can get to you but what's great is that jason takes joker and actually beats joker with a crowbar akin to what happened in the opening scene i just thought that was kind of a great circle that came back from the beginning to near the end of the movie so, then the final two scenes I want to talk about is when, after 
Batman and Jason had their fight. Jason is holding gun bat. And this is the iconic scene. It's the one scene that everyone knows. And Jason has the gun up to you know, Batman. He's like, look, I forgive you for not saving me in time. But what I can't forgive you is letting him, you know, it's like letting him still be alive. You know, and as he kicks the door and reveals Joker, Joker then sees Red Hood without the helmet and sees that it's Robin and he has a little chuckle. But, you know, Batman tries to explain why he doesn't, you know, and Jason's like, look, I'm not asking you to kill someone like Penguin or Two-Face, but him, he, you know, and it really talks about the criticism of Joker. I mean, I'm sorry, Batman never killing Joker, you know, letting Joker, you know, live to break out of Arkham. And Jason explains that I thought, you know, you would have made sure that I was the last life Joker, you know, took. Because if it was reverse, I would have done nothing but hunt this man down and kill him. And, you know, and then Jason asks, like, oh, what, is it too hard to break down your moral code? And we get this great line from. Batman, he's just like, oh, God almighty, no. Oh, it, it, I don't, it's not <clears throat> because I, the code is, it's too hard to break the code. It's because it's too easy. I spend every day of my life, you know, thinking ways I could end the Joker's life. But if I cross I that line, I know I'm not coming back. And of course, I am not saying this word for word. I don't have any of the quotes in front of me, which I should have, but I'm being lazy. But Jason doesn't buy that. And, you know, and then he tries to give, you know, Bruce an ultimatum. You know, it's like you either kill me or I kill the Joker. What is it going to be? You know, as you know, he hands, you know, Batman one of his guns. And Jason's holding his, you know, other gun to Joker's head. Uh, but what happens is that Batman, all he does, he only just drops the gun and starts to walk away, not making a decision. And that infuriates Jason. He's like, no, it's either me or him. You know, and, and he starts to point the gun at Batman because now he's just so broken. Like, no. Who's it gonna be? You know, he, he, you know, and it's just, it's such a great scene. And then, finally, the ending scene, and this is what brings it all to a tragedy. You know, so after the events of Red Hood, Alfred asks Bruce, "You know, do you want me to take the Robin costume down?" And Batman says, "No, it stays up." And then it follows to a flashback scene of. When Jason Todd first, you know, wore the Robin costume. And you just got this sense of fatherly, you know, love Bruce had for Jason at that moment. You got to see the sort of relationship Jason and 
Bruce really had at this loving moment, you know, in this flashback scene. But again, it's just so bittersweet and tragic because you know that it's like that's what they used to be, but now they're fighting as, you know, hero and villain essentially. You know, it's it emphasizes the tragedy of this movie. So yeah, there's this movie is just full of great scenes that I didn't mention, but those are the highlights for me. And those were a lot of highlights, so yeah. Anyway, let's get into what I dislike slash criticisms slash nitpicks. These are very much nitpicks. Yeah, so here we go. First of all, uh Amazo was kind of a weird inclusion to have in that opening like that beginning scene where Batman and Nightwing are working together. Like just he could have chose, you know, a bunch of villains, you know, to use, but Amazo kind of just feels out of place because Amazo is kind of like that villain's reserved for Justice League, not just Batman. I don't know. I, I just thought, eh, could have had a different villain, I guess, or different thing than Amazo. It's just weird, weird inclusion. Uh, next, next thing is that. This one, I think, it is more legitimate because I think we could have, I don't know, maybe they could have implemented a bit more in the movie. But yeah, Nightwing kind of gets kicked out of the second half of the movie until, like, the very end where he pops up, like, at, at the very end, you know, kind of just, you know, he does, I don't think he says anything else, you know, he just kind of is like, it's just kind of like a mo- part of a montage sequence of reacting to the news. You know, but yeah, you know, I just thought, you know, he's part of the bad family, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, it would have been interesting to see Nightwing's reactions to Jason being Red Hood. We never really got to see, you know, that part, you know, where Jason, where Nightwing finds out Red Hood is Jason. You know, it's very, very interesting. You know, I guess, and maybe he would have, would have been neat to have, you know, a scene where, you know, Nightwing has a flashback sequence to being kind of like this older brother to Jason or something like that. I don't know, you know, it's just, we never got a sense of what was, you know, Dick's relationship to Jason like, you know, because again, he kind of got shafted. You know, in the second half because of an injury, which I think is a lame excuse to shaft of you know a character in the movie just because they broke an ankle. I don't know. I I felt like they could have kept him in the movie and have him sort of you know have his own reaction, have his own you know conflicts about Jason being back as Red Hood. So I I will say that is a. A legit criticism, but it's more of a criticism of it's something I wish I would have like. I wish I saw, not necessarily something that the movie did wrong. Um. Next is that, uh, Gordon. Yeah, Commissioner Gordon only gets a very brief non-speaking cameo appearance. What the heck is up with that? You know. 
Gordon is a important part of the Batman missiles, especially if you look at your one. You know, Jim is important to Batman, and by gosh darn it, he needed more than a non-speaking cameo role. So, thank you for staying with that fake outrage moment of this movie not having enough Gordon. Uh, even though that that's not really a legit complaint, you know. Uh, then my next, com- you know, dislike slash criticism is that I think this movie needed a bigger budget, so it could have been a theatrical film. I, and then this is more of just kind of me saying, you know, it's like it would have been cool to see if it had a bigger budget than just a direct-to-video stuff because. I'm not saying the movie looks bad by any means. No, it looks really great, but I'm saying it could have looked a lot better with a bigger budget, you know, maybe more time, you know. Give it a theatrical, you know, treatment other than a direct-to-video treatment. That's all. And, hey, maybe it would have solved the Night Ring problem, you know, by giving it a longer runtime than just an hour and 15 minutes. And then the final thing, about my dislikes and criticism is that I really, really had a difficult time finding anything I dislike about this movie. Like, legit. This movie's too good. How dare this movie be too good? I want to complain. This is John versus film, not John gushes over film. What is this? I I want a refund. HBO Max, Warner Brothers, DC, give me my money back. You made a too good Batman movie. How dare you? How dare you make a very fantastic movie that I legitimately have trouble criticizing? How dare you? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's pretty much it. Like I said, those were pretty much all nitpicks. Because uh, here's my overall thoughts. This movie truly is a work of art and could have could very much compete with the likes of, you know, the best Batman movies. You know, I'm might be my overall favorite Batman movie. It's really tied, you know, with Phantasm. But after rewatching Under the Red Hood, I, I'm strong. I'm contending this to being the best animated Batman movie, if not the best Batman movie I've seen. It's really that good, you know. And I guess the only thing I wish could be different is that it was given a theatrical treatment, you know, than just a direct-to-video treatment. But there you go. That's it for this episode of John vs. Film. Uh, if you are listening to this on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button, especially since YouTube seems to be doing some crappy stuff when it comes to viewerships and smaller content creators. So subscribing will really help. Uh, also, Press the like button if you like this episode. Press the dislike button if you think that this movie is the worst Batman movie ever and I'm a complete idiot. Leave a comment down below to what I did right or what I did wrong. And then you can also find this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean.com, and Podcast Addicts. And Make sure to give myself, you know, if you're listening to those mediums, a review would be helpful. You know, just saying. You know, follow, subscribe, and give the show a review. 
very helpful. So that does it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the end. And as always, I hope you have a fantastic day. And next week will be video game month. I'm not entirely sure what movie I'm going to start up. Uh, no, no, you know what? I'm deciding it right now. I'm going to start, you know, video game month with the Sonic the Hedgehog OVA. Yeah, the 90s OVA. We're going to do that. For no particular reason. None whatsoever. It's not like there's a Blue Hedgehog movie coming out or anything. No. No. Why would I do that? But yeah, anyway, again, thanks for listening. Hope you have a fantastic day. Take care.